The first of an innovative new class of cholesterol-lowering drugs, the PCSK9 inhibitors, are about to become available in the clinic. In this program, Professor Stephen Nichols of the University of Adelaide discusses their potential, the patients who are most likely to benefit from them, and what questions still need to be answered. He's talking with the forum's Mike Gibbs. Dr. Nichols, the statins have become the backbone of LDL-lowering therapy. They're highly effective, generally well-tolerated. So why do we need a new class of LDL-lowering drugs? Well, I think that as good as the statins have been, and we've now had trial evidence for more than 20 years showing that they reduce cardiovascular events, you know, we know that there are really a number of important and fairly significant challenges that we have kind of moving forward. First of all, we see this larger residual risk. We know that in each of the statin trials, as good as the statin was, they only reduced events by somewhere between 30 and 45%, which tells us that more than half the patients treated with a statin who were going to have an event still had an event. So the statins don't eliminate all events, even in large clinical trials. Secondly, even when we use statins, you know, we don't get everybody to goal. We say we want to use them and drive LDL cholesterol down to very low levels. And the reality is in clinical practice that most of our patients really are suboptimally treated, even when they're treated with statin. And then thirdly, the sobering reality is not everybody can tolerate a statin or not everybody can tolerate high dose of statins. And we know that muscle side effects are a real occurrence. Doctors face that on a daily basis and it becomes difficult to titrate statin doses up to high doses. And so many patients, they can't be on a statin at all. And so that comes back to the second problem. We have a lot of people who are suboptimally treated on maximally tolerated statin therapy, which for some people may be nothing. So it really tells us that we need to find additional therapies above and beyond a statin if we want to achieve even better reductions in cardiovascular risk than we've been able to achieve with statins alone. The outcome trials that are in process are very much looking at high-risk patients who are essentially treated appropriately for high vascular risk, i.e. they're treated with a statin. I think we acknowledge early on that those who are unable to tolerate a statin, well, they're at a particularly high risk. And so that would be one scenario early on where you could potentially see monotherapy with a PCSK9 inhibitor. But I think that's where it will start. And then once the floodgates open, we'll probably have a range of other trials and we'll dare to ask the question, can we do a clinical trial in really high-risk patients where you treat with a PCSK9 inhibitor without a statin? That's a real challenging question to ask, but it's not a question for today, I guess. The first of these drugs is being recommended for regulatory approval and therefore will very soon be in clinical use. How will you use them in your practice and for which patients? Well, I'm going to look to use these agents to start off with in the patients with the greatest unmet need. So I'm going to ask myself the question, whose LDL cholesterol is nowhere near where I want it to be? I'm not going to look to start off with a patient who's got an LDL cholesterol of, say, 1.3 millimoles per litre on high-dose statin. That's not going to be the patient that I'm going to start with. I'm going to look for those patients whose LDL cholesterols are two and a half, three millimoles per litre, either on maximal therapy or on maximally tolerated therapy. And I think that's where I can make the greatest impact in terms of reducing risk. And that's where we'll start. And you know what we'll see is over the next couple of years, we'll see the outcome trials reported out. And if we assume 
for the point of the discussion that they work, then they are going to be in a situation where there are going to be much lower LDL cholesterol levels. And I think then that will then extend the patient set who would be looking to use these agents in. What are the implications for patients and physicians of statin intolerance? The reality is probably somewhere between 20 and 30% of patients are going to experience some side effect, predominantly muscular, within the first 12 months. We know that probably more than 50% of patients prescribed a statin are probably not going to be taking that statin within 12 months. And so these are challenging agents to use, but they're highly effective. We know that they're really good at lowering LDL cholesterol. They clearly have morbidity mortality benefits. And so, you know, it really talks to the idea of working with patients and working through the issues. And in many of these patients, you can actually get them back on just some effective dose of a statin. And I think that's why we saw that in the clinical trials, because in clinical trials, patients are regularly seen. You know, they're seen by study coordinators, doctors at sites. You know, they can spend a lot of time with these patients over the course of the study. And so I think it reflects probably how we need to go about trying to deal with statin intolerance in the first instance, which is to spend the time with the patients and kind of go through that. But I think that as we develop new agents and PCSK9 inhibitors will be just a quantum leap in terms of the way that we can manage these patients in terms of robust reductions in LDL cholesterol that one sees even as monotherapy, I think will just be a wonderful opportunity to manage these patients and lower their risk. Because of the significant reductions in LDLC that we're seeing with these new drugs, the question's arisen, how low should we go? And is there a J-shaped curve? What do you think? Michael, we've been doing these interviews for a long time. The J-curve has existed that entire time. It's just moved down the scale, I think. I think that we are going to learn a lot because we're going to be able to take an LDL cholesterol in individuals down now to probably somewhere in the order of about 30 milligrams per deciliter or under one millimole per litre, and that's extraordinary. But it's also, in reality, for the majority of individuals, taking them back to where their LDL cholesterol was the day they were born. Brown and Goldstein really told us that years ago, that you're born with an LDL cholesterol probably somewhere in that 25 to 30 milligram per deciliter kind of range, and that seems to be a perfectly acceptable level. Now, on top of that, some individuals are going to go a lot lower than that. And the reality is that we may see people down at 10 milligrams per deciliter or potentially lower. And so we will continue to ask the question, are there safety challenges that come along with that? If you go and look at the aggressive statin studies and you look at states like Jupiter, for example, where the baseline LDL cholesterol was pretty low, I mean, Paul Ritker had a lot of people with LDL cholesterols below 20 milligrams per deciliter in that study. And they've actually published that that appears to be pretty safe. We've, at least in the PCSK9 programs to date, seen no major safety problem down at those lower levels. But obviously that's something that we're going to have to continue to watch. And there will be really an ongoing need, even after the outcome trials, to continue to watch that because there'll be much greater exposure in terms of time of exposure to these agents and very lower levels of LDL cholesterol. But I think that for most people, that's going to be an enormous advantage. But at least in the first instance, I don't really think that's the patient that we're really talking about here. I think the patient we're really talking about is a patient who's nowhere near where we want them to be. And so the ability to then lower their LDL cholesterol by 60 to 70% is actually going to bring them down 
probably to 40, 50 milligrams per deciliter, which is still lower than what we've seen in large outcome trials. And they're the patients who really need new therapies right now. You're conducting studies of the effects of the PCSK9 inhibitors on the plaque. Can you tell us about the results of those studies? We've used serial intravascular ultrasound of the coronary arteries for more than a decade now to look at the effect of medical therapies on disease progression. And the striking consistency across all of those studies has been the importance of LDL lowering. There's a direct relationship between the degree of LDL lowering and the degree of benefit in slowing progression of plaque. And then if you get LDL cholesterol low enough, starting to regress plaque. And in fact, the new gold standard in those studies really looks like it's regression. If you treat patients aggressively with a high intensity statin therapy, you get their LDL cholesterol below 1.8 millimoles per litre and you regress plaque. And what we would anticipate is that the addition of a PCSK9 inhibitor, the ability to take LDL cholesterol down to very low levels, that would see even more regression. So we are just starting to do the follow-up imaging studies in those patients that have been treated for 18 months, a little under 1,000 patients, and so we hope to have the results of that study probably in about a year's time. How do these results compare with those that you would see with the high-dose statin? Because we think that the LDL cholesterol will be even lower than in the high-intensity statin studies, we are anticipating seeing more regression. You don't know until you do the clinical trial, and we don't know when the linearity of that relationship starts to flatten out. You know, and that's a question we get asked a lot. It's a question that the clinical outcome trial guys get asked a lot. You know, there does appear to be this direct benefit. At some point in time, you're going to get down to a level where surely the slope is going to taper off. And we're going to learn a lot by doing the study looking at plaque that will report out before the outcome trials. And we'll see how they stack up. We've been talking about cholesterol for over 100 years. And it wasn't that long ago that people were being called crazy when they dared to want to lower cholesterol to reduce risk. What we needed was we needed a big outcome trial and that study was called 4S and that changed everything. And that's had a profound benefit for us in terms of reducing cardiovascular morbidity and mortality, but it's only got us so far. And a PCSK9 inhibitor really has the potential to extend that LDL story even further. And I think that it was fascinating that after 4S, Brown and Goldstein postulated that heart attacks would be eradicated by the turn of the century. And they didn't quite get that right because I think we have to probably get cholesterol levels a little bit lower. And so maybe we get one step closer to that eradication if we can use these agents. So in summary, how excited are you about the new PCSK9 inhibitors? This is the game changer that we've been waiting for. It's been 20 years since the seminal outcome trial showed us that statins worked. And in that time, not one single new class of anti-atherosclerotic agents has been shown to work. It has been one episode of disappointment and failure after another. And this is a field that is greatly in need of some positive news. And uh, I think that the PCSK9 inhibitors are gonna be that kind of breath of fresh air. And I think there's a lot of people in clinical practice who are waiting to see these agents come to practice and waiting to see how they will be able to use them for their patients. To learn more, hear the latest news and listen to expert commentaries, register at our website, www.pcsk9forum.org.